0: Yeah, welcome, welcome. Check and see that you're breathing. It might sound like a really strange thing to say because of course you're breathing if you're alive. But sometimes when we come to a new place or we'll begin a new endeavor and I think there's about 17 of you that are new to practice and even if you're an old timer And there are some of you here too. We're still embarking on something together. And sometimes at the beginning of something, don't know if you've ever noticed, but we can kind of brace ourselves a little bit like, okay, so in this practice over these days, I'll be reminding you to breathe out. To not keep waiting to begin your life in a minute but to take the risk step by step to immerse ourselves right here. So we have three days together almost till I think we finish at 3.15 or 3.30 on Monday. Um, and... My name's Catherine, some of you I know very well, some of you I've never met before. I'm Catherine McGee, and I'm very happy to um, have Matt Schenks with us, with me, with us supporting and teaching on this retreat with me. Um, Thank you for coming. Matt's been sitting and practicing at Guy House, uh, I actually haven't asked him for how long, but 10 years, 10 years, okay, about 10 years and teaching in in his hometown of Milton Keynes and around, around and about. So, very happy that he's here. Okay. So. What are you doing here? Why did you come? Why did you come? What do you want? Why are you dedicating three days on what seems like the beginning of spring, finally, um, to sit and walk with your own mind, to listen to teachings, to be in silence. For some of you to explore teachings you haven't explored before, what do you want? And I'll start with uh, what is a familiar tale to some of you, but the story of the founder of this tradition, for that's what he is really, he's not a god or some kind of other kind of being, but the founder of this tradition, known as the Buddha, himself asked himself the same question, what am I doing? And he has someone who had really got it together on the conventional level. He'd really got it sorted Many of us would look at his life and think, that's it, he's got it all. He had it all. He was you know, young, rich, good-looking, big palace for the hot season, big palace for the rainy season, you know, the, all the entertainment he could want, all the safety, all the adventure. Well, actually, not all the adventure. That was the problem. He didn't have all the adventure that he wanted. And even with that, of really having all those, uh, what can be sometimes beautiful things of the world... Still his heart wasn't satisfied. There was something that hadn't come home. Something that inspired that young man, just like any one of us, who's not quite satisfied. There's something I'm not seeing. There's something I'm not getting about existence, about being a human, that I want to find out. And so, as you know in the story, probably he left the palace and began his journey that took up to seven years, I think, the story goes, (coughs) of exploring in many, many different ways. He couldn't put his finger on what he wanted, but he knew that the heart was still seeking. There was something that hadn't reached contentment that wasn't free. And when he woke up, which is what is known as the awakening, the freedom, the liberation, when he woke up, he understood what it was to be a human being not entangled any longer with the world. Right? Not entangled with the world. He was still in the world, very much in the world, and when he was awake, he responded to the world But our entanglement with the world, do you all know that one? (laughs) And the world isn't something that's just out there. The world is the arising of what comes in and how the mind responds. What arises internally and how the mind responds. And do any of you not know the entanglement that that can sometimes be experienced as? How Either our fight... Or contention with reality, our despair or sorrow about ourself and the world, our wish to just put our head down and forget about what's here, internally, externally, our love perhaps, our love and wish to serve this extraordinary life, but not always knowing how, or when we, our best efforts keep finding ourselves banging in feeling knocked back or dissatisfied. And, of course, that's not all of it, is it? There are times when we may experience a freedom unhindered, unentangled, and the Buddha himself, um, one of his gifts, actually, is pointing us to a path that lets us find out for ourselves What is it that binds us? What keeps entangling us such that we keep pushing and pulling with the world? And the world isn't out there. The world is all of it. Pushing and pulling with my mind. Pushing and pulling with my feelings. Pushing and pulling with my body. Our poor bodies get such a hard rap of it. It's not good enough. I want it to be better. It's too much like this. It's... Are pushing and pulling with each other, with the planet. What does it mean to discover a relationship with the world? And the world here, I hope you've got it by now, doesn't mean something out there, it's all of it, including us. What does it mean to come into relationship with the world that is unbound? That has disentangled, that is free, therefore, to respond, to not respond, where the birthright of this extraordinary thing of being human can live itself, just as the saints and sages and ordinary men and women throughout the ages have found a yearning for this spiritual discovery. All cultures, all traditions, there's something perennial about this human wish, isn't there, that brings us here to go deeper, to look a bit further. So, this is the company we're in. It's human company. And the Buddha was just a a good example. Not just a good example, he was a good example and had particular faculties that he could point the way that he had discovered. point the way for us so that what he was speaking about is not just for the realm of the special ones it's a human practice it's a human birthright it's a human discovery and this is what this place is dedicated to this is what guy house is dedicated to so that's the buddha's a little bit of the buddha's story um I want to encourage you to find out what's personal for you in what brings you here. Because it might not be worded like that. You might have never heard that story. You might have never thought about entanglement. Or you might have just come for a holiday. You, know, you might have come to um, get away from it all. But I just want to give you a few minutes to ask yourself this question. So please take a moment... And I ask you to reflect what brings you here tonight? Why are you here, personally, you? What is relevant for you about this human? Willingness to look deeply, to sit and meditate, to face our mind. What's personal for you? And is it that you love the teachings? Maybe you're someone who already has a relationship with practice and teachings and you love it. And you come here to be with your love, as it were. Is it because uh, you want refuge? The refuge of um, reliable refuges. Things that, um, where we can rest our heart. Teachings, um, yeah, teachings where we can rest our heart. So often we take refuge in our thoughts or in things that aren't reliable. Right? Maybe you want refuge. Maybe you're struggling right now and you want sanctuary. Maybe you have a burning passion to go deeper. Maybe you're just simply curious. You saw it in the Internet, you thought, oh, that's interesting, let me have a go at that. Maybe you don't know why you're here. Maybe you're here because your friend dragged you along. That's the hardest one. If any of you are there, if any any of you are the friend who's been dragged along, really invite you tonight to give it some thought of what you're here for you, what might be personally relevant for you. Right, not what you think it should be, but what's, what's, what's for you here? And one teacher said, I practice meditation so that I might see the purple flowers in the hedgerow that I otherwise might miss. Really simple. What did he mean? I want to see those purple flowers. How often do you see the purple flowers? Really see the purple flowers. And what he's speaking to, I think, is something about not wanting our life, this life, to pass us by. Not wanting to get to our deathbed and wonder, but I forgot to look at the purple flowers. (sighs) I can feel the sadness of that, can you imagine? I forgot to look at the grass, I forgot to feel my feet on the earth, I was too busy, I was too preoccupied. So this will be a silent retreat um, which will speak a little bit about how silence works but just before we go there, just before you all go into the silence. I wonder if any of you are willing to say a little bit about what brings you here. So we just hear from a few of you. Um, Anybody like to share with us what brings you here? Because all of it's welcome. There isn't a wrong, a wrong one, right? Anybody. I yeah. think curiosity still... Still curious? You're still curious? <laughs> I'm to find out why I keep coming you know? <laughs> Oh, you're curious about why you keep coming back. Interesting. Aha. Uh-huh. Just take a moment and see what is it. And it might be, you know, somebody says, I come back to see the garden in spring. It's so beautiful here. Great. It's wholesome. It's beautiful. It's beneficial. I would be really interested to find out if you find anything out about that, some draw there's clearly some draw and sometimes those things that draw us aren't, ne- aren't necessarily articulated in us, we just feel ourselves drawn, sometimes we feel it, that we're drawn yeah, thank you, anybody else what brings you here
1: some grounding
0: you want some grounding yeah, thank you yeah Anybody else recognize the need for grounding? Something about landing deeply here that gives support to all of those movements that can arise in the heart-mind. Um, I was struck in reading the forms and um, I, I, uh, tonight that really a good number of you in this room, you're really not alone, a good number have written um, suffering from anxiety and depression. It's a good number of us here, and something that can really, well, is absolutely beneficial, is this grounding. Finding our feet again, in the immediacy of the here and now, and sometimes those movements that can really spin us in very painful places, can find a pathway back to the earth. So that's one of the things that we'll be looking at. Anybody else? What brings you here? I wanted my um, heart to soften, for the brittleness to fall away. Hmm. Could you hear that okay at the back? Yeah. Can I, I'll repeat it, Alice. I wanted my heart to soften, and for the brittleness to fall away. Anyone know that feeling when the heart can feel a bit brittle sometimes? Yeah, it's not it's not uncommon. Yes, and it's one of the one of the fruits of our practice. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, yeah? Um, so this particular retreat, yeah, it was the title because I have no idea. Could you hear that at the back? So the title, thank you for remem- thank you for reminding me. <laughs> That's a big part, and I will get to that. The title of this retreat is um, it's in, it's written t- differently in two different places, but the two themes are not self and self-acceptance. And she says, because I really don't know who I am. right? So there's this whole theme of self, which is really, in a way, where the issue's at, isn't it? <laughs> it's like this this predicament of of showing up in the world and then we're we're kind of here and it feels like we're this sort of self wondering about what do we do with it next so yeah, the exploration in the Buddha has some very fine and precise teachings about pointing to what that is and what that is not Um, and and we'll look at how that fits with self-acceptance the real welcoming um, embracing of who we are thank you, yeah, anything else? Brings you here, yeah, Julia. To with deeper desires. You wanna tell? Us, are you willing to tell us any more? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. But we can. We can all be left on a cliffhanger. <laughs> okay, um. Just see. See if it feels uh, appropriate for you to say anything. Right, the deeper desire beyond all those other things that can move us, right? What, what's what's really, where's that really pointing? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Any last few comments? What brings you here? And the reason that I do this reflection, or we do this reflection, is to, um, to know what our motivation is, is really important. Because that's where our energy is, that's where our juice is, that's where our fire is. So we can hear other people's motivations, and that's great, and that might inspire us, but where our personal heart is, what's personally relevant for me as I go about my life. Oh yeah, that's the thing that speaks to me, the grounding, or the heart's desire, or the something about the softening, or the finding out who I am. In one of the Tibetan teachings, they say that everything rests on the tip of motivation. It's like our motivation kind of carries our life energy. And if we can find out what our motivation is, because sometimes we don't know. You know, have you ever found yourself wandering around just wanting to find something to do? You know, ever find yourself wandering to the refrigerator it's like, okay, is there anything there for me? We don't always know what our motivation is, and clarifying that can um, actually allow our path to unfold more accurately for us. So, any any last comments before I hand you over to Matt? What brings you here? Oh, yeah. Two. We have two. Great. Yeah, please. Um, I had a bit of a difficult time earlier in the year, and kind of got through it. Um, so it seems, and I just wanted to kind of acknowledge it, really. Um, and I think the title, yeah, kind of when having gone through stuff, I think kind of look. At, I was looking at myself a lot, and really confused about my part, not my part. Um, so yeah. A mishmash of that. that, But having gone through something a big turnaround. A big turnaround, some kind of punctuation and marking. Okay. Let me take stock here. (coughs) Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's actually a really important part. It's a very, very um, common motivation for people to want to take some time out. It's like to take stock. Because things can move so fast in our life. Or we're stuck around the same thing again and again. Right. Take some time out. Let me kind of look back a little bit, and I'll speak about that. Thank you. And there was one more here. Yeah. To to settle and let things be as they are. That oh, makes me want to breathe out when you say that. <laughs> Can you hear that? It's To settle. So I'll I'll say a little bit more after Matt's spoken. But two main pieces to the insight meditation practice are what is called the calm aspect, the settling aspect, huge piece of it, and the insight aspect. And they go hand in hand. So this capacity to learn how to settle, breathe out, find our seat is the basis, actually, for any real insight and transformation. Yeah. Thank you. So I'll hand you over to Matt, he'll say a few things.
1: So I'd just like to welcome you all here to Gaia House, to the start of this retreat. It's nice to see some familiar faces, a lot of people who I don't know, haven't met before. And I enjoyed that reflection on why do we come here, what's important, what moves us. I was saying to somebody out in the garden earlier on today that actually we can come here with an idea of why we're here. We can have an idea about what it might be like based on our previous experience or our anticipation or what we've read in the brochure. But actually, what we find when we are here can be quite different, can be surprising might be challenging. (coughs) And I had a similar experience to what's happened to me a few times when I've come to Gaia House. I've known I'm coming here, I'm making my journey, I'm making my way here. And today I got a lift with a friend just from Totnes. And then as we drove through the gates and we kind of pulled up into the car park, there's something that got remembered, something that reminded me about why I'm here. And in a sense, many of you didn't speak or perhaps don't know why you're here exactly. But it can be hard to put into words what we've come for sometimes. But my sense is that our hearts know that something inside us knows what we need and we're exploring Is this right for us? Is this something that supports us, that feeds us? And we may have an answer to those questions which emerges over the time here. Or we may still be left with a question, I don't think it really matters. But to have that sense of curiosity, of interest, of the wish to be happy, the wish to feel at home, is something that can really guide us in our exploration. And part of what we Part of the way we hold this retreat here at Gaia House is through the framework of the precepts. And these are really taken from the time of the Buddha. They're the training rules that give a structure and an order to how we are together. They help us to live together in this community for the next few days, and they help us to share what we have with each other. And in that way, they facilitate the health of the community. They also facilitate our practice, they support our orientation towards freedom, and they help us support others as well as ourselves. And while we might hear the precepts as rules to be followed, the holy rules of Gaia House, I think it's important to take in the spirit of the precepts, their broader sense and context. So that we don't just find the rules, stick to that, these things are okay, those things are not, but consider why it's there, consider how it might support us, how it might help us in our practice And traditionally, the precepts are set out as what we refrain from doing. And the first is to refrain from the taking of life. But taking that in its wider context, I think that refers to avoiding causing harm to any beings, including any insects, any animals including the plant life here at Gaia House, but also taking care of the environment. Having an awareness of our, the impact that our presence has on the world. Probably most of you weren't planning to be hitting each other or attacking each other. But we can still take care. We can still be sensitive to the needs of others. Sensitive to the animals and the plants that are around Gaia House when we're doing our jobs or we're spending time in the garden or in the lanes. And I think this talks to something about the preciousness of life. And it's a training rule to help us value that more than we perhaps do already. And then there's the second precept, refraining from taking what is not given or what is not freely given. <coughs> so refraining from stealing, refraining from taking what is not yours. And there's lots that's given to us at Guy House, lots that's provided for us that we are free to use while we're here. Our food is provided, the heating, the light. But this precept really speaks to me about honesty. <coughs> in Gaia House, I really feel is a place that functions on trust and honesty. We don't lock things away here. We don't count the cushions in and out. But in inviting you to take on this precept, we trust that things will be left where they were before the start of the retreat. And you should be able to sleep in your bed knowing that your belongings are going to be safe where you (coughs) left them. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to actually be able to trust the people we're among. To not have to lock everything up all the time. The third precept to abstain or refrain from sexual misconduct. And in the context of this retreat, that's refraining from any sexual activity. But it also includes acting out any of our sexual impulses and desires, our desires for intimacy, for connection, so that we provide an environment where all of us can feel safe, we can have our own space, we don't... We aren't subject to the attentions of other people. Providing a place we can feel at ease. (coughs) And the fourth precept to refrain from false or divisive speech. (coughs) And being a silent retreat, that shouldn't be too much of a problem. But we take that more widely, it's speaking kindly, being gentle. Although we may not be speaking most of the time, we will be communicating with each other in unspoken ways and we can take care of that level of our communication as well. And then the fifth precept is about refraining from taking intoxicants that cloud the mind or those that cause heedlessness or a lack of awareness. So that includes alcohol, recreational drugs but if you're taking any medication absolutely you should continue with that there's no restriction on that at all. And this precept is really in the service of developing clarity and supporting our attention, our intention to see clearly. And also what helps us to see clearly while we're on retreat is the silence. And this is one of the more noticeable ways that we differentiate our time on retreat from our time in our daily lives. We don't have this silence in our daily life so often. And the thing that amuses me most when I talk about going on retreat with colleagues at work is that people say, what, you don't talk for a whole weekend? <coughs> or a whole week, or a whole month, or however long it is. They say, oh, I couldn't do that, I just, there's no way I can go, I just can't keep quiet, you know, I'll just be talking all the time, you know, what if I say something and everyone else is quiet? Those of you who've been here before probably very familiar with the silence. Those of you who've meditated before will have had some experience of that. But it might also be new for some people. But the silence we cultivate here at Gaia House isn't harsh or it isn't punitive. It's not designed to restrict us, to dampen our spirit. Actually creates space, it actually helps us declutter, helps us come into contact. And makes room for other aspects of our experience to show up become clarified and this is really an agreement that we make with ourselves and with each other that apart from the times where myself or Catherine specifically invite you to speak or you're part of a group or you need to speak about your, your work or some practical aspect with a coordinator that we remain in silence and in doing so we're simply putting down all unnecessary communication our email our telephone calls our facebook updates tweets but also we ask you not to read during the retreat not to use the library and to minimise if you can't give it up your use of journals or making notes just to keep that to a minimum and this really frees up some energy frees up some capacity for a more sensitive and receptive awareness Or being able to pay attention more fully. And when we give up this outer form of communication, what we can sometimes notice is our inner world becomes more clear, stands out a bit more. And we might notice that even though we're not speaking to one another, there's a whole lot of conversation going on inside. Which is quite normal. But often we don't see that because we're so busy with our outward forms of communication, our friendships, our email, our telling each other what our day was like or what we're doing next week. Nothing wrong with any of that but we're giving that up for these days while we're here together. So that something else can be revealed. And in giving that up, we may also notice that our outer world becomes more vivid, becomes more alive, that things stand out. The song of the blackbird, the colour of the flowers in the hedgerow. We might notice small details that have previously gone unnoticed. <coughs> helps us to slow down. And when this silence is embraced, what we might also find is a sense of stillness, peacefulness, a deep place of rest, where rather than having to be interesting, exciting, funny, clever, girding our loins so we've got something to say rather than nothing. We can be more aware of our experience, we can be more aware of our environment. And in this stillness, I feel there's a sense of possibility. sense of presence, which I would say is a sense of fully being here, fully being in contact with our experience, with all the sight, sound, smell, touch, tastes, emotions, mind states. Sense of really being on this earth, feeling our feet, feeling our belly, tasting the food, smelling the wind. brings us more into relationship. So rather than an absence of, silence is really something that can support and hold us while we're here on retreat. Can support our wish to understand, our wish to know can help us focus our energies and it provides space for things to be as they are, for things to find their own natural place. And if we can relax into this silence, we can really start to trust this silence. Trust our own experience. And so much can be revealed about ourselves, our qualities, our patterns, our habits, our self-image. And so much can be revealed about experience. noticing our experience noticing our reaction to our experience but letting the silence hold this space hold this curiosity that we have this interest that we have to know ourselves to come into contact with ourselves this will really support our time here together and so I I really hope that you enjoy it, if it's something new to you. Or appreciate getting back in touch with silence, if it's something you've experienced before. look forward to meeting you, getting to know you over the next few days and sharing this time with you, this particularly beautiful time of year at Guy House, particularly as spring just seems to have just sprung in the last week or so, really wonderful time to be here.
0: So, establishing a seat for yourself. Where you can breathe out. And not even in a minute, but right now. Let's do a couple of deliberate out breaths together. So, breathing in, breathing out. at this time, breathing in and hold it. As you breathe out, see if you can follow how the out-breath wants to drop you deeper into your seat. If you follow it. Breathing out. And once more deliberately, breathing in. Breathing out. This first very short sitting is to let you land. Any meditative technique <clears throat> needs us to be landed. Firmly rooted in our seat. So very simply letting the out breath drop you back to earth right now. Breathing out and taking your seat. And as this next outbreath comes, letting the flesh of your buttocks soften and widen. <coughs> Fleshy, weighty presence. and breathing in. Breathing out, letting your two arms, your arms, soften. Let the palms of your hands grip nothing. Daring to breathe with your palms soft. Where they grab hold of nothing. And they push away nothing. And breathing in. And breathing out. Letting the legs be filled with presence. The presence of your breath. Nothing you have to do except follow that out breath. As it lets the flesh of your thighs soften. Any gripping of the muscle to the bone can start to rest. Next out breath, letting your belly relax. And it may not relax immediately. It's okay. Relaxation doesn't happen on command, as I'm sure all of you know. But there can be an invitation as our flesh starts to sense that it's okay to soften just for now. doesn't have to be a deal that you have to soften forever. But just for now It might be okay for your belly to listen into the silence and soften. And when your mind wanders and gets busy or gets sleepy, breathe in. and breathe out and know that you're here and just for a few minutes practicing in this very simple way of inviting your flesh inviting your flesh to breathe out, to widen, to land with the out-breath for the bones of your skull to have space There's nothing else you have to do right now except this very gentle and precise arrival Postpone your arrival no longer. Don't wait for a better moment to breathe out. When your mind gets busy, and you see that, this is the training. In that moment, breathe out once again. Let the shoulders drop. And invite your flesh to widen and soften on your seat, breath by breath. Slowly, gently, kindly. To let this human animal know that he is safe. that she can rest that this is the seat for coming home to the unentangled nature that we are breath by breath. Guiding the mind, guiding the attention to the out-breathing and the knowing of this. Letting your attention rest with your body as it breathes. And for the last minute of the sitting. Just giving yourself the luxury of attending to one out breath. Just one. May all beings rest deeply on this earth. May all beings see clearly into the nature of things. May all beings know the heart's release from suffering.